And so as I was stating, I'm, I'm a, I'm, it's hard for me to quit because the first thing that I consider, number one, mm-hmm. is what's the alternative? Like, what is the alternative? If I am not investing this $100,000 in this thing, then it's sitting in the bank and it has no chance of making mm-hmm. any money, right? So what is the alternative? If I am not going all in on my business, then what is the alternative? Going all, all in on my job? And is that yeah. what I really, really want to do? So when I'm looking at and measuring how long I'll stay in a thing, I ask myself, if I quit this, then what? If you can remember the environments that changed your whole perspective and how you got there. Yeah, so... Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, so I became full-time as an entrepreneur. I've, I've been, I have been trying my hand at different ventures since I was 17 years old. But when I had my first real success and became full-time as an entrepreneur, it was in 2014. And I remember um, at that time, I was just really rebuilding as a result of like going through the, the 2008 to 2010 economic crash, right? So at this time, I'm- You went through that. Absolutely. I went through that. Like I lost everything. Lost my house, lost my oh, car. Oh, you was in like the real estate. Yeah, I was in real estate yeah. and I lost everything, right? And so my mom was gracious enough to allow me to live with her. Well, my mom still lived in her ch- in my childhood home. And at this time, uh, you know, it's 2010 beyond. Uh, the house was built in, say, 1987. So now the house needs like some plumbing and it needs a new roof and some things happen down in the basement. And every single time I turned into the neighborhood, I saw a decent neighborhood of now older established homes. And I would ride through and I would see people and wave at my neighbors when I turn in the neighborhood. And it's my neighbors, you know, those neighbors who they're just getting by, but they happy with their little corner in the world, right? (laughs) You see them out there proud to be cutting their grass and you see them out there proud to be uh, planting their rose bushes. And I would just always say, that's not what I want. You see them having to move out because everybody's foreclosing on their homes. And I'm seeing these people who have been in their homes for 20 plus years. Now this economy has forced them to have to make other plans. And I'm driving through the house. All of them are starting to look old. All the paint on the outside is starting to look like it needs a new a new paint job. And it's it, it just was not inspiring. Get into my house and me and my mom, I mean, me and my daughter are sharing my old high school bedroom or childhood bedroom. It's not an environment that I want to be in, nor was it an environment that I wanted for her. You can't have sleepovers because you and your mom sleep in the same bed. Is that humbling? How did you feel about that? It was heartbreaking. It was beyond humbling, right? At least when you're humble, you still have some pride. But at that time, I, I didn't have any pride. How do you explain to your daughter that she can't do what the other kids are doing because you made bad choices? You made the decision to be irresponsible. Mm. You made the decision to not educate yourself about money. You knew you had to do it, but you just didn't do it. Right. So I had to tell her all those times, you know, how do you how do you lay in the bed with your daughter who's starting to grow a body? And she she doesn't have the space to, like, explore herself and things like that. So I became. I'm sorry. Real quick, because I can imagine. I remember there were certain reasons I couldn't get stuff growing up because I didn't do well in school or I had bad grades. 
But imagine your child doing everything that they're supposed to do. They're getting they good can. grades in school and they still can't. They still can't, right? And mm. I got tired, David, of having to make up games for her to understand. Like, oh, we're going to play this game and we're going to do this. And I got tired of having to sell her on the idea that we're so close. We do everything together. She loves me. You know, I got tired. This is, this is how it was. This is because there was no other choice. And even when this was happening around 2013, now, fast forward 2013, I'm back making six figures again, but I was still attached to that trauma of having lost everything. So I was not yet on my own. I was scared to go out and get another place. I found comfort in my mom's house. We could afford this small mortgage. Like we could afford this lifestyle. And I had to tell myself, I, I had to get to the point where I became sick and tired. And honestly, I think my daughter is what really was the catalyst for it because I would have, I would have negotiated my environment on my own behalf much differently than I do for my daughter. And so what ended up happening was I started to manage this property. I started to manage this high-rise apartment community in Atlanta. And the people who would come in there, I'd already been in property management for years. So now it's 2012, 2013. And the people who would come in there were getting these apartments that leased for like $4,000 a month. And they would come in and I would wonder like, what do you do? How can you afford to live here? Like, can you just tell me more? I take them on tours. Like, well, how did you get started in that? What are you doing? Like, how do, well, what do I need to qualify for that? And so many people were coming in who were doing things that I wanted to do that it made me feel like, I am not activating my dream, but every single day I come into work to serve people who I could never afford to live like. Mm. And that became an issue for me. These people were living out what I actually wanted to do. They were entrepreneurs and high level executives. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming into work and I just it, I just could not do it anymore. I was taking orders from someone who could care less, like my boss could care less about what I had going on. And so now at this point, I'm in MLM in the company that you and I met in and I'm doing very well between my job and it. And it got to the point where my boss had one more time to piss me off. <laughs> We've all been there, right? One more time. And I was, I literally said, if they do this one more time, I am going to quit. They did it one more time. But before I quit, I started a business, I started a property management company leveraging my job to build my company, right? Now I'm still living at home in my mom's house in, you know, College Park, Georgia, where I had grown up, but things have now changed in College Park, Georgia, the area that I lived in. And I decided that what the final straw for me and what changed was I wanted to live in the building that I managed. And we had an employee program. Long story short, my boss denied me for the unit. He did not hold me to the same criteria that the Caucasian women were able, the people who reported to me were able to get units in the yeah. building, two of them. But then the criteria changed when it was my turn to get units in the building. So I said, you know what? I make enough money. I am going to walk away from this. So that building that I once managed and was treated poorly in, I quit my job and I moved into the building mm. on my own. 
And I turned around and it became a goal of mine to make the people who mistreated me now have to serve me. (laughs) And people questioned it. Why would you want to live in a building where people mistreated you? These were employees. They were employees. You don't benefit off of me living in this building. The management company didn't mistreat me. These two people mistreated me. So now every single day, I am going to remind you of how to treat the people who are going to come and replace me because when I need my dry cleaning dropped off, Mm. (laughs) when I need my groceries delivered, I'm sorry. Do I have a package downstairs? Can someone please bring it up? (laughs) That became the motivation. Now, I don't want to have to pull this car with you, but say something else. And I need somebody to drive my vehicle around and be washed, please. (laughs) That literally became the motivation. But then what happened was, let me tell you this. Now, the rent in that building went anywhere from as, as low as $3,000 to as much as $10,000. You could also set, buy units in this building for up to maybe $2, 3000000 million. Mm. And what was happening was, as I'm living in this building, I still felt a little out of place. I'm getting onto the elevator with people who are in their pinstripe suits and their button-down shirts and their pencil skirts and their dresses, and they're getting on with their Manolo Blahnik heels and their red bottoms, and I still don't have any of that. Because now, at this point, I have to decide, do I want to look the part or be able to afford this rent Mm. every single month? So I was in the environment, but it was shaken up for me because I didn't feel comfortable. When I turned on the street to my house in College Park, Georgia, I fit in like everybody else. When I moved to this high-rise building... It's so important that Black voices are represented in Black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of Black uh, voices and influencers from Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And Black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. 
NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Being in Midtown Atlanta, I was clearly someone who stood out. I was one of the youngest in the building at that time. And if you lived in that building at that time as a single woman, it was assumed that it was because you had a man sponsoring you. So every time I get on the elevator, people would, you know, say things like, so you and your boyfriend live here? Sheesh. You and your boyfriend live here? No. Ain't no boyfriend sponsoring this, right? <laughs> I'm working hard for it. So I say that to say, once I got in the environment to work, once once I got into the environment that I worked so hard for, I was completely out of place. I did not fit in. So I still wasn't comfortable because I still wanted what set us apart. I wanted to bridge the gap. Like, you're not going to put me in this box where I can't afford to live here later. Now we're in the building. And not only did I at that time get a condo for myself, I remember when I brought my mom to come and look at the building to get her opinion on what she thought. I'll never forget. She was standing in the windows with her back to me and her eyes are just, you know, tears. And my mom used to say all the time, because every time I failed, I had to go back to home. Anybody else had to ever go back home again? Mm -hmm. Every time I failed, I had to go back to my mom and she would say things. I'm somebody's mom. And she would say, man, if anything ever happens to me, I am worried about how you are going to take care of you and your child. Wow. And so when it got to the point where I could now afford this unit, so I thought I really couldn't afford it. Not for real. Right. <laughs> I had them. I made the money to pay for it, but it, it just wasn't smart to do. But I get to this point where I can I have the money to pay for this and I bring my mom to this building and she's crying. She's in tears. She's like, I wish I could ever have lived like this. I wish I could have experienced. I, I'm so happy that you have this for yourself. And I said, well, you know, I'm thinking I'm running it back in my mind. Like now my mom still has to turn on that same street. And see those same neighbors who are just making ends meet. And see the pretty, the nice little couple who's planting their rose bushes. And that's all they want out of life. They're going to go to work and they're going to slave all day as long as they can come back and have their rose bushes. My mom, we're talking environment. So in order for me to change my environment, I also needed to help the people in my environment that I'm closest to change their environment. It started with my mom. And so as she's going through this process and she's crying, she's so proud. She said, I wish that I could ever have lived this way. <laughs> 
So I'm on the phone and I'm texting my realtor and I'm saying, hey, is there another unit in the building? And the lady is like, yep. So we go downstairs. We're looking at this other unit, Shans. And I told my mom, hey, let's go look at another unit. I just want to see. What do you think about this unit? And so we're in it and she's like, oh, this is beautiful. This is it right here. This is the floor plan, but it's too small for you and Deja. I think this is something better off like for a single person. Like if I were living here. Now, mind you, while she's doing this, I'm signing the paperwork. Mm. And I told my mom, like, good, this is yours. At this point, though, were you like just getting, not just getting by, but just paying for your unit? No, I mean, I was making money. So at this point, I so had... you saying when you first got into the building, it was, it was shaky? It wasn't necessarily that it was shaky. I felt out of place. I had never paid $3,000. My unit was $3,000. I had never paid that before. I had paid, like, I think $1,600 at most. So now I'm about to pay $3,000. And then I'm turning around and getting another one for my mama. So we're at nearly $6,000 at this time. It wasn't that I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money mindset. Mm. And because I had lost so much due to financial irresponsibility and my poor relationship with money, like I know I got the money, but I'm praying every single day, God, help me make good decisions with this money. Because now that I put it out there, like you went and got the building for the podcast studio, it has to work or it has to work. God, you didn't have me move my mama and my child for Mm. us to have to go back to the house that needs a roof Mm. and plumbing and everything else. So for me, when the environment changed, there was there was a fountain of things, so to speak, that, that sprinkled down at one time. I had just left a job. I had, uh, because I was scared to spend money for real at that time, I saved all my money. So from the six-figure job, I really didn't spend too much. I was living with my mom. Um, and then I had the network marketing business that I was doing very well in. So I had a lot of capital on hand and I went for it. But there was no turning back. And now we're what? We're seven years later. That happened in 2014. We're seven years later. We're still in the building, (laughs) right? We're still in the building. But so for those of you who are having environmental issues, like I think it's such irresponsible advice sometimes that we give so haphazardly to people to say, you got to get away from those friends. Uh. Well, during that time, one of the friends who we're not necessarily on the same page today, but when I needed to eat, she fed me, right? When I didn't have it, when I needed somebody to pick my daughter up from school, she was her ride. Though we are not on the same page necessarily today, this is not someone that I am willing to cut off. For sure. I just have to engage with differently, right? Because the mindsets are a little different now. When it comes to environment, you have to first identify what part of your environment is holding you back. And for 99% of the people in this room, it's you. And my next one is going to be managing money incorrectly. Oh, yeah. Okay. So outside of taxes, just managing my money and allocating funds incorrectly And there are so many ways that you can do that, right? Um, But one of them specifically for me is not leveraging other people's money and Mm. only relying on my own. Mm. So because I've had like experiences with foreclosures and repossessions early in my adulthood um, and because college, you know, that experience, I had terrible credit. I just had this really negative mindset about credit. I never wanted it again. Like, 
You mean to tell me that this three-digit number determines how you see me, like my worthiness to the world, right? Mm. And I didn't like that idea. So I just stayed away from credit and I created the mindset of whatever I can't buy in cash, I just don't get, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's still a good mindset sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you have to use your cash in real time, right? And if I knew, if you study any billionaire and most multimillionaires, very few, no billionaires, but very few millionaires will be able to tell you that they achieve that status without leveraging other people's money. Mm-hmm. So you can't say that you want to build this giant wealth, this generational wealth, that's something larger than you've ever seen before, using your cash, no matter how much cash you have. Cash is like the least valued thing that you can have access to. And so not not leveraging other people's money, not doing things like establishing business credit and business funding uh, will be one way that I mismanaged my money. But also number two, the second highest way that I did not manage my money properly is that it took me way too long to start investing. It just took me way, I mean, it's embarrassing. It took me way too long to start investing. So when mismanaging my money, I believed for a long time that I could save my way to wealth. Mm. I remember the, yeah, I remember those days. I believe, for sure. like, okay, if I get this amount of money, I'm putting 20% in the savings account and that's just gonna grow. And watching it, watching and it grow is like, watching oh, it it's grow, growing. right? Like, you want to see all your money in the bank. You're like, I got off on that. When I started yeah. making money, like, mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, when I get $10,000 in my account and then it's 20 and then it's 100, when I got 100,000 cash in my account, mm-hmm. like, I took the family to dinner. Like, we are, <laughs> like, we are getting. And it's just not the best management, money management practice. Mm -hmm. You want to be diversifying your income streams right away, making investment. And that doesn't mean starting a whole bunch of businesses, but making investments, um, whether you're investing in stocks or whether you're investing in financial markets or real estate or other businesses or or yourself even. Like you got to invest that money somewhere else. Because again, going back to your point, number whatever, um, number four, if you keep money as your <clears throat> if you keep money as you're building wealth, that money that you enjoy seeing stack up in your account is just gonna go to the IRA. Oh, hundred percent. And just having it sit there means you're losing money according to inflation. And a hundred dollars today isn't what a hundred dollars was thirty years ago, mm-hmm. which means a hundred dollars tomorrow is not the same as a hundred dollars today. Yeah, it's losing. It's literally losing value every single day. Yeah. One smart money thing that I did though early on was understanding that I am not them. What do you mean? So early in the network in my network marketing days, uh, when I when I really started making some money, that industry is very the marketing for it is very lifestyle heavy, mm-hmm. right? So you're showing your cars, you're showing your home, you're dressed in all the designer head to toe. And I was committed. Like I knew that I wasn't them. I can't do that. I can't keep up with y'all. I can't buy the newest Benz every single year. I can't buy a Lamborghini right now. I mm-hmm. cannot wear Gucci every single day. Like I can't vacation every two weeks. I have to stay focused. Hey y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man. They sent me this Ufi lock. Think about being on a couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school and they 
need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Eufy is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y.com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy. E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y, video lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park And that was a, that was what allowed me to get ahead because what caused me to lose so big many years before was because I was keeping up yeah. and it, it was keeping up with myself and keeping up with other people. Like I kept up with my desires. Yeah. I want all the name brand. I want all this. I want the big house. I want the fancy cars. And I did that and I lost it all very quickly. Right. Um, and so the next time that I got the opportunity to prove myself again, the smartest thing that I could have done was recognize like you're on chapter 30. I'm on chapter two. Mm-hmm. Let me keep my little money yeah, and sure. figure out other things to do. And I leveraged that money to 
leave the MLM industry and and start my own thing. 100%. Um, I think that the pandemic forced a lot of people who should never have been teaching into the teaching space. So you have a lot of courses to kind of sift and filter through right now. That's a bunch of fluff and all that good stuff. And then there's some phenomenal courses. And I think because everybody was looking for their next big cash grab, they have flooded the market with courses. And now what has happened is people who are skilled at doing a thing are no longer doing that thing because they see that the money is in the digital information. I sell a course teaching, my signature course is teaching people how to start coaching businesses. I am still actively a coach, so I still do that thing. But the course space has transitioned into, in a way that it's like nobody is offering done-for-you services anymore. So if you want to learn how to write your SOPs and you go to that person who has this, you know, it's phenomenal at writing SOPs and you go to their website. Now they only offer a course. Like, I don't want to, I don't want a course. I want you to do it for me. Nobody is interested in doing the work anymore. Everybody wants to package it up into an opportunity, into an offer and sell that offer. And I think if you are, if you pay attention to trends and you are struggling to sell this course that you probably shouldn't have launched anyway, I think it's just me. You should get back into the done for you thing. There's a whole lot of money to be yes. made there too. I think that you yes. should start doing the thing that you're trying to teach other people to do because so many people have moved away from doing that thing that it's wide open for you right now to crush it. The other thing too, like if you transition out of working in your business too soon, you have nothing to work on, yep. right? You start you feel like you need all this team and support around you. You need an assistant, you need an operations person and marketing and tech and all of these things. But then suddenly you get these things and you stop working in the business. And now you got all this team with this great automated business that you've run and you have nothing for them to do. So now you have a decision to make. Do I just keep people on payroll just to have these people on payroll? Or do I get back into the business, start doing some work so I can have some tasks for them to actually do? There's nothing wrong with doing the work. And then the other thing is I see what I'm seeing a lot of right now are people who go out and do something one time, have a little bit of success, and now they're they're done. Mm-hmm. They did enough work. Like sometimes you haven't done enough work right. to actually... For me, the season that I'm in right now is working in and on the business simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seasoned. I'm a seasoned entrepreneur. And I have grown to a point now where I can kind of pick and choose what I what I what I want to do. I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing the fuel. Like mm-hmm. you say, like being I was I was just so unfulfilled when I stopped coaching. Like I just I get there's something that happens to me when I'm I'm coaching and people are getting results. And so I'm still in that space, but I also understand that we are building a legacy brand. And so Going into the into the next year, what I'm really focused on is how can we build a brand that doesn't depend on dying? Mm-hmm. How do we do this so that regardless of what happens to me and in my life, there's still a brand that continues to move on without me? I want like I'm I'm setting up the pieces now. I'm moving towards setting up the pieces now that will impact people that I'll never get to meet, like generations and generations and generations on. So 
you know, that's that's also something to consider. Maybe maybe you've been working in your business and you started working on the business, but maybe the business is all about you right now. The more valuable you are to your business, the less valuable your business is. So going into this next phase of where I am, I'm doing work, but I'm doing so much work. The goal is for me to be less valuable in my business. Are you, before you quit, before you give up, ask yourself, am I hungry? And I'm not just going to stop there. Am I hungry? And I say that because that's the one that we can most relate to. But the point that I really want to make is, am I physically well? You ever made a really bad decision, like an argument just started? You're driving in the car, you super starving. You're in the car with your spouse or your significant other, and y'all are going back and forth about what to eat. You're hangry at this point (laughs) and you're ready to just blow the whole relationship. Like, I'm done. This doesn't make any sense. It's a right. I know I have broken up with a person a time or two because of the bad decisions that I made when I was just hungry or exhausted, like I hadn't had enough sleep. Or maybe like the time of the month or something. That time of the month, like the 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 uh, number seven would be: Are you well? So go through a well checklist. Have I eaten? (laughs) <laughs> that's really important. That explains a lot. That uh, explains a lot. I, 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 I give my wife a little more grace. To the point hungry. where there's a whole meme <laughs> that says, don't blame me for the, don't hold me accountable to the decisions that I make when I am hungry. Maybe, have you changed medication recently? This is a big one. Mm. I saw, um, there was, there was a, a mom who was talking about her third grade son committing suicide. And she couldn't figure anything out about him that's changed other than medication. And she's now suing the pharmaceutical company because one of the or a few of the symptoms cause like depression and anxiety and you're not feeling like yourself. And the doctors think that this change in medication is a reason why he was feeling so outside of himself that he decided to quit in the most major way. Have you changed medication? Are you drinking enough water? Do you just need to get outside and take a walk? Have you ever just gone outside and hit some sun and you come back and you've got some, you're re-energized. You've got like a new perspective. Like before you consider quitting some on yourself or on a thing, assess, am I well? Are there, is there a simple thing that I need to do? Do I just need to exercise, eat, drink some water, get a hug? That's heavy. A hug. Do I just need a hug? from somebody like, do I just need to know that somebody I feel, do I need to feel somebody else's energy? This is really, really important because if you just hug somebody, maybe you'll feel their energy and you're ready to go again. If you just have a conversation with somebody, maybe it'll help your mental health perspective. If you just eat a meal, maybe you're not short fused. If you analyze what you're putting into your body, the medication, the supplements, the whatever, maybe it will explain why everything is feeling different to you. And I'm going to close it with the number eight. How are you going to take my... I, I have to. You did it's, seven. It's, it's, look, look, look now. <laughs> I got to close it with a, num- with a number eight. Are you over-quantifying and over-qualifying? Explain that. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. I know, I know what it means, but mm-hmm. Reese is going to... Are you... You know what it means, but Reese, for Reese, for the Reese's in the room, are you overqualifying and overquantifying? 
Meaning, are you using language like nothing is working? Everybody hates me. Everybody hates this. Nobody likes it. Is that true? Or the last two people that you talked to wasn't feeling the shirt, but did you forget about the last five sales that you made from people who actually liked it? Is it everybody that doesn't rock with you? Did you talk to everybody or did you just talk to the three people who were nearest to you? The three people who you just saw today. Is nothing working or is nothing about this one campaign working? And are you forgetting that something about the last campaign actually did work? Like sometimes you can be so down on yourselves, like everything that we're trying isn't working. Really? Well, when we were going to counseling, that part was working, but we quit counseling and we started Mm -hmm. to try to just talk to our friends. That's not working. But the counseling was working. Don't overqualify or overquantify using words like everybody all people, nothing, nothing, everything, everything. When you think you have to break down those words because the thought that you rest on, the thoughts that you think are going to trigger how you feel emotionally and how you feel emotionally is going to determine how your, your, your depth to continue or your depth to quit. So watch the work. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on social proof podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. 
You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you know right now yet, you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal. That triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights, take your brand to new heights, take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer. Okay. I'll see you at the summit. And don't forget to use promo code Big deal. First that you're speaking and watch how you're over quantifying when really it was just one person. You had a bad conversation with one person and suddenly you feel like it's everybody. It's not everybody. Be clear. Well, two people of the last 10 people that I spoke to didn't like my shirt. And my feelings are hurt. And I now I got to do some work to figure out why my feelings get hurt when 20% of people didn't like my idea, but 80% did. Are you focusing on the small group of people that don't have your thoughts or your opinions or your likes and you're making them the big deal when you should be focusing on the larger number of things that are actually going well and making it the big deal? That'll keep you going. Being paid by systems to work. Being paid by systems to work, which is the ultimate level that you want to get to, right? It is not the easiest level to get to. Most of us, entrepreneur or not, will start off by being paid by someone else to work via a job, right? Most of us started a job somewhere, whether you were cutting grass or you had an actual W-2 job, right? And that's where we all start. And honestly, we want to respect that part of the process because your job will teach you certain principles and values and operations and processes that help you to become a good entrepreneur. Here's the thing. It is easier to be a good entrepreneur when you were a good employee. That's a fact. It's not required that you be a good employee to be a good entrepreneur, but it is easier to be a good entrepreneur if you were first a good employee. If you were a person who lacked work ethic, and your employer couldn't trust you to show up on time, to be working while you were on the clock, to do the job and get the result, why would your client trust you to show up on time, to do the work on time, and to deliver the result? Guys, the energy that you put out will always reciprocate. Even if you feel like you got lucky and you hit the jackpot and you sucked as an employee and you're making it as an entrepreneur, it's going to come back and pay you somehow. Might not be through your performance, but it might be when you're ready to start hiring people, then you get terrible employees because of the type of employee you were, right? Or you don't know how to be an effective leader because you didn't know how to be a great follower. So if you are working, we said this once before, change the thought process, right? If you're working and you want to work your way off of the job, immediately stop saying that you hate your job. Mm -hmm. Immediately. Because as David said once, the money that you make on your job is the investment capital that you need to create your business. Why wouldn't you respect that? 
Wouldn't you respect an investor? When you get an investor in your business, are you going to do everything you can to please said investor? Let me make sure we got the reports right. Let me make sure I'm executing. Let me make sure your job is your first investment into your business. Not only that, people will, because I've done this too, right? You come We've done with, it together. We've done it together. <laughs> Mad times. We, we do it every day. <laughs> All the time. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to get better. Yes, we're getting, we're yes, getting sure. better. Um, I have done this though. The difference is you and I are qualified to do business together. 100%. We've proven that. I have tried to create businesses with people that I probably, that I care about. Mm-hmm. And I want to see you be successful. And yo, I got this idea. Let's do it together, yeah. right? But eh, it's not really a qualified <laughs> business partnership relationship. So that's one. Mm-hmm. But what also can happen is, whether qualified or unqualified, you'll position these business ideas to someone and you're really excited about it because you created the idea mm-hmm. and you're like, yep, let's do it. And in the moment, you know, everybody says, yeah, man, let's do it. But then you're looking for these deliverables that never get done or you're looking mm-hmm. for them to bring something to the table and they never do. You decide to move on with the idea mm-hmm. by yourself or with someone else. Now it's a problem. Wait, now it's a problem. we said, <laughs> we, we did say, but we also said. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, those things happen. So I think, would you would you call it starting ideas with the wrong people? Um, creating ideas with friends. Creating ideas with friends, and I would even go just go a step further and saying creating ideas with other people. With yeah, the just, wrong people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think even what would be even better, right? If Donnie says, "Yo, I got this idea." And this is what I'm going to, like, this is what I've been working on. And this is what I'm doing already. Uh Then I'm inspired to jump in because it's like, oh, she's doing this amazing thing already. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. But we're not a part of anything because it's it's just an idea or a concept. Yeah. Right? What ends up happening to your point, I lost my notes. Okay. What ends up happening to your point is uh, I'll bring an idea to you. And I'll say, David, I've got just this really rough draft of an idea. What do you think? And then you're going to start saying, oh, well, maybe we should do it this way or that way. Instead (laughs) of saying, David, I got this idea. These are the three things we're going to do. This is the one result that we're looking for. Are you in? Yep. Mm -hmm. Just like you were saying, we got the strategy. I can remember even, um, I know someone, I know a high level CEO that will come to the table with ideas, but they start listening to the wrong people. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's another one. Let me, let's, let's, that's a whole separate issue. That's a whole separate thing. Let's, let's do that. Listening, number seven, is listening to the wrong people for business advice. Mm-hmm. Which kind of um, ties into my, my number two. Yeah, kind of ties in. I think second guess. Well, sometimes they're the right people and they just don't have the right vision. So what you're saying is different. This is a little different. This is, this is maybe second guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the one that I was going to go with. This is a bonus, you guys. So don't, this isn't included. But we're going to add this on to number two. We're going to add this on to number two. <laughs> going to your idea, going, relying on the wrong people to give you good advice on your ideas, right? And second guessing yourself. So I know this high level CEO, this person comes up with the best ideas, but before they execute, they will talk to friend A, friend B, and mm-hmm. friend C. And at the end of it, they are just like, what the crap? Completely confused. Like, Mm. now they've got all these people giving them ideas about their one idea. 
that now they don't know what to do. They're considering everybody's feedback. It's a some whole of this another idea. Some of this feedback might be good. Some of it not so good. But stop second guessing yourself and go with your idea. Like put it out there and execute. You will confuse yourself even further going to or just have a person that you trust that you bounce ideas off of. And that's where an accountability partner would come into place. How many people in here um, have made personal development a daily part of their routine? That's a good number. But there are there's also a big number of people who have not. And that's where it really starts. Um, when I, when I when I said earlier that. A lot of times when we're trying to identify what part of our environment is causing us to stay in this place that we don't want to be in, that is that is us. A lot of that reason is us. It's because before you start cutting off friends and moving out of neighborhoods and going into other environments, you have to retrain your brain. You have to start feeding your brain and your body better information better thoughts. It's auto-suggestion. It's self-auto-suggestion, right? So when I start my day, which I do start my day every single day with meditation and affirmations, like it's really difficult to get out of the bed and be angry. How many people ever woke up just out of the bed? You mad already? (laughs) You just get up out of the bed And you're lying because only two people raised their hand, right? Y'all are not telling the truth. Y'all have never gone somewhere and you're short with somebody or you've kind of gone off on somebody. You're like, I'm just not feeling it today. Today is just not my day. How is it seven o'clock in the morning and you mad already? (laughs) You're mad already. Your alarm went off at six. By seven, you're mad already. And you're blaming it on things like I haven't had my coffee or you're still mad about the argument that you had last night. You have to train your brain. When you start focusing intentionally on personal development, things like missing your cup of coffee at the regular time and it delaying itself an hour won't bother you as much. That argument from last night, you won't even really remember the point that took you to the next level of passivity because you are so in tune with personal development and you know that personal development will help you shake something off very, very quickly. If you are not reading a book, listen to a book. If you're not listening to the book, watch the documentary. Stay tuned into the to, to the Social Proof Podcast because this is, uh, in, in our day and age, this is a huge... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Huge personal development resource. A huge all we talk about on this podcast is success. But let me tell you something. The success typically doesn't come until you make room for it. Mm, so, okay, explain that, explain that, explain that, explain that. So it's about environment, right? The, a successful environment. I'm not talking about physical environment, but the environment for success. Have you created the environment for success? Number one, so many of us want to make it out of the hood or make it out of our current situations that we haven't even, de- we haven't decided what we want to do. How are we going to do it? Okay, I want to get out of the hood, but how am I going to do it? I want to change my life, but what vehicle am I going to use to do it, right? So that's vision, Do you have a vision? Have you established a vision? You want to make it out of the hood, but what exactly does that look like? Does that mean make it to the neighborhood next door to the hood? Does that mean make it to the other side of town? Are your neighbors now uh, multicultural? Are you in an upper class African-American neighborhood? What exactly does that look like? Right? I knew that when I moved to a different environment, it was important for me to be in a mix cultural environment because I have now worked with all kinds of people and I wanted my daughter who was in a predominantly black neighborhood all her life. I wanted her to understand how to work with other people and navigate those kind of relationships and friendships. So what's the vision that you have and what does it look like when you close your eyes? What do you see yourself driving? Maybe that's not even important to you. Maybe what you drive isn't important. The other thing that was important to me, Shans, when I moved from the South Side was having access to quality food. Mm. (laughs) Having access to quality food was hugely important to me because every time I got off my exit, there was a Popeye's and a Chick-fil-A and a Wendy's, but there was no uh, fresh market. Is that when you develop your taste for churches? (laughs) She loves churches. It's crazy. She's the bougiest person, but loves churches. For the record, I do not eat churches chicken, but I do have a craving. Let me just environment. Okay. Environment. Clear it up. Clear it up. Because whenever I go to the E-complex, my choice is church's chicken or something else full of, you know, salt and sodium. If somebody was editing this, it would say, yo, I do not eat church's chicken. And then, like, they'll cut to the part where it says, when I go to the E-complex, my choice is church's chicken. So... You gotta watch the editors. What happens is, (laughs) because I spend so much time there when I'm there, the only thing, you've been there, the only thing is a dang on church's chicken and I go and get a biscuit. Do you eat church's chicken? Just for clarity. I eat biscuits from the establishment called churches. (laughs) I do not eat chicken from church's chicken. All right? So environment. 
have you stay focused on? We're, we're professional. We're we're professional. We don't want Church's Chicken to sponsor. Do. No, we don't. They're going to give you unlimited. Church. No. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing for me was having access to quality food. Like my daughter has such picky eating habits at that time, and I realized that being a younger mom, um, you know, and growing up, the quick, easy thing to do was to stop at McDonald's and get her the chicken nuggets just to hush her up. Well, there were no other options. I could drive up to the McDonald's. I didn't have to get out of the car. Otherwise, I got to get out the car, go to Publix, pick through the salad that's halfway ran down. You know, so I wanted some better choices in terms of food. And then I also needed to see people around me who were successful. I couldn't keep seeing people standing on the corners selling their bodies. I couldn't keep seeing the neighborhood dope boys. Like, I just can't. I know how it makes me feel. And it didn't make me feel like I wanted to be that person. It made me feel horrible for that person. And how dare I have these big dreams when there are people who are living like this. So I just needed to get in an environment where I saw success every single day. Mm. I saw it. Then, what's your plan for it? So you've got your vision. And you understand what it is. You, you know what your life should look like. You may not know how you're going to get it. It's not important. Somebody write down, it's about who, not how. Who, not how. And that's a book. I would yeah, actually get actually, that book. Morning Meetup. We're, uh, we're reading that. Right? Who, not we're how. We're about to read it, yeah. Who, not yep. how. It's mm-hmm. really important. When you read this book, you're going to have a shift in perspective because we stay stuck on the how so long. Well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get the money? How am I going to get the building? How am I going to start the website? I have no tech experience. How, 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 how. When really... Why are you worried about how when there are a bunch of who's out there who are proficient in building the website? Who's out there who can introduce you to the building that will give you uh, access with the Second Chance program? Who's out there who are understanding about how to access other people's money? Like, we stay so focused and centered on the how. You have to choose success for yourself. And the reason we stay so stuck, one of the reasons we stay so stuck is because we haven't really chosen success. We want to be successful, just like you want to be married, but you haven't chosen a spouse. You got to choose the success and start showing up for that. Paint the picture of the person, the man or the woman that you choose to be. What do you drive? What kind of clothes are you wearing? What kind of stores do you shop in? What does your hair look like? What do your children wear? What kind of clothes do they wear? And to elaborate on your point before I move to the next one of who can help you, When you're thinking about who can help you, make sure you're going to people who actually can help you, right? (laughs) Not people that you like to necessarily talk to. Sometimes you may have to get outside of your circle, for example. Um, Some of us grew up in households where we didn't learn a whole lot about money. We saw our parents struggling to pay bills. Anybody in here can relate to that? Yes. So would it be a wise choice to go to mom or dad and say, mom or dad, how do I create a budget? We didn't grow up in a house with parents who had good budgeting skills. If you grew up in a home with parents who had terrible credit, why would you go to them for credit advice? But your best friend's father has excellent credit. Maybe go to that best friend's father. Like when you're determining who can help you, it's also very important to identify who's unqualified to help you as well. Mm, and important. in this case where you're wanting to do more, like, I don't know about you. I don't know about any of you, but at a time I've been in circles of people that I outgrew, right? 
And I wanted to start doing some bigger things with my life. I wanted to start making some better decisions, but I stayed stuck in the same situations, making the same decisions, doing the, getting the same results because I'm still asking these same friends. Like I want to, I want to move beyond what this friendship offers, but right now you're the only friend. So I can only ask you and you're giving me all of this advice. That's terrible advice because you're not even thinking on that level, nor have you experienced it. When you're asking people for help, it should be someone that has experienced something close or significant enough to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Very, very, very important. You, in your own mind, can't get the result that you've never had. That's a fact. You can't. You can't. I didn't get to where I am. You didn't get to where you are thinking on your own mind. Along the way, we've taken courses and we've learned to incorporate what somebody else thought. We've, we've gotten mentors and we learned to incorporate what they thought. You being who you are right now, where you are in your life is exactly the place that you're supposed to be in because it's in direct al in alignment with what you think and how you're thinking right now. If you want to get past that part, we have to start adapting different thought processes. And the best way, the fastest way, the most significant way is to find your who. Yes. There's a book called Who yeah. Not How. I forget the author. Is that Dan? Uh, what's, what's the name? Uh, Sullivan? Is that Dan, was, is Dan Sullivan? Sullivan? Dan yeah. Sullivan. Who Not How. Everybody needs that book. So, oh gosh, did I forget my number five? Is something? Oh, number five. Before you quit or give up, you should consider who else will be affected from me quitting. Mm -hmm. Who else who else quits? Who else loses because I decided to quit? And how much is the pain of them losing with you worth to you? Right? So who else is affected? Couple of examples. Some of you may have children. If you quit and you don't continue to pursue your dream, what kind of life does the as-is-you provide your kids? If you quit, what kind of example do you fail to set for the friends around you that you see so much potential and they need to do so much better and you're that friend? If you quit, do they continue to quit? Who else stands to lose based on your decisions? For me, if I quit and I say the same, if I quit right now, my daughter stands to lose. My mom stands to lose. My friends stand to lose because just simply being associated with me provides something to their lifestyle. My employees stand to lose. If I quit, you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Right now, I am affecting dozens of lives. And then not even thinking about the lives of the people who I impact that I'll never, ever get to speak to. But you're watching, you're looking, you're listening. And it's something about Donnie Wiggins and who she is today that's driving you, that keeps you going. All of those people stand to lose. If you quit on life, you know, I hear people say sometimes who are, um, who have survived like a suicide attempt. I hear them say that at that moment, their thoughts are so cloudy that nobody else's pain matters to them. Nobody Mm -hmm. else's pain. They can't think of anybody else. And I'm, I'm imagining that it feels that way, like in business, when you're just so burnt out. I saw a clip from a podcast yesterday and it's going around on Instagram right now. I forget whose podcast it is. It might be academics where this guy says, I have been looking for good people for so long. I'm just tired. And I'm and, and he asked him, like, you, you, you that tired that you're ready to quit? And this big grown man just starts crying on this podcast. He's like, I am tired. And I wanted to be in that audience and raise my hand and say, but wait, don't get so tired that you just give it all up. Who else is going to lose? What could you continuing to search for these people that you need in your life? That result, who else could benefit from that? Who can hear your story right now and they're feeling like you and and you're ready to quit and you're justifying quitting for them and they jump too. Mm. They quit too. What if you just keep going long enough to be so powerful and so impactful that a nation of people keep going because of your decision to keep going? Um, I have two clients in the room. Let's give it up for the heart zogs. (laughs) And first of all, they drove all the way from Dallas to be here, but... I believe that they are one of the dopest examples of getting paid from other people's work. Um, They have created a cleaning service, right? A cleaning company, but they don't own any cleaning supplies. They don't clean any units. They don't even know how to clean because they don't clean. People clean for them. So they have figured out how to leverage people who love cleaning and they have generated multiple six figures hand over fist from this service. So Back in March, they contacted me and hired me to be their coach because they wanted to earn, the number was $100,000 from their course in March to now teach people how you can go out and create a cleaning business without owning any cleaning supplies quick, or anything. How, how did y'all find Donnie though? Real quick. Really? First of oh, all, I, I promise I didn't know that. You I was making a point, and I'll make a point in just a minute, but go ahead. Okay, okay. It was the podcast. Um, And then we met at the Content Creation Bootcamp, but we had just did our... Okay. So let me... Because I want to highlight them for this, and then I want you guys... Y'all can make y'all's way to the mic, because I kind of want to hear about why you did this. Um, Again, they... So now they they contacted me in March. They want to know, how can we create... How can we help more people start cleaning businesses without owning any cleaning products. Like, if you could do that, fantastic. So in March, they had sold 
$4,000. The highest they'd ever done in a month was $4,000 in core sales, right? They came and they said, Donnie, we need to make $100,000. They just last month or earlier this month closed out at $100,000 so far this year. Mm. And this is the importance of... So, so getting paid from what other people do, right? And now you can teach how you own a barber shop and you get paid for other people's hands. So if you want to take a vacation for your birthday month for 30 days, you have successfully made six figures yeah. with your barber shop. And now you can create a course or a program and you can help other people understand. Other barbers who look just like you, now that I've gotten paid for what other people are doing. When they told me that their goal was $100,000 and I saw that their concept was a cleaning business without owning cleaning products, I said, this is genius. I'm gonna write you a little measly $100,000 down, but we're gonna laugh at this because you're gonna make way more. And now the goal is 250. Well, that's what we said, but they're gonna do 300 mm, this year. Let's go. Let's go. Right? Tell us about what you do and how you leverage other people's talents yep. to make money. So, um, long story short, my name is Anthony. Come closer. Look closer to and I'm Janoka. Go ahead. So, uh, we started a six-figure cleaning business, and the goal was, like Donnie said, was to leverage other people's expertise. Uh, I don't clean. She doesn't clean. We hate cleaning. So, we pretty much are just like Airbnb, Uber, Lyft. There's a service that needs to be provided. There's a person who does the service, and we match them together, and we take a profit from that. You can wow. continue. <laughs> that's it. So what we do is um, we use contractors to clean. We hire them and they go out and do the jobs, basically. So that's why we don't own any cleaning supplies. We basically connect the customer with the um, contractor. They go do the job and we charge the customer and that's how we get paid. When how did when, when did things change for you? Uh, let's see. In the cleaning business itself? Like, yeah, when did it start making money? When did it start picking up? So we started in November 2017, and I would say it probably started picking up about October 2018 for us. Gotcha. That's really when it started picking up. We part, we started putting more marketing dollars into it, to and be honest. at the height of the pandemic in March, we had more time, and we said, we want to make this course. Yeah. People kept asking about it. We started posting more content, mm -hmm. and they kept asking the same questions. And I said, let's do a course. And she was like, nah, I'm not with it. Yeah. She so she like wasn't with it. We went on live and we spoke about the cleaning business. I said, if you could get 10 sales, we didn't have the course at all. We had no concept. If you get 10 sales pre-selling this, then we'll do it. We got 15. Yeah. So then we mm. did the course and launched it June 1st of last year and then started with Don, Donnie um, March of this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Clap it up. Yeah. So when it comes to this model, how many things could you have done, but then you said, eh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So maybe you're a graphic designer and you're saying, I am tired of designing. I don't want to design anymore. Are, do you have the platform for exposure where people are consistently coming to you for this job? And now can you go out and find contract graphic designers to come and complete these jobs for your clients and you're making this money hand over fist. They make too much money with a business doing a thing that they hate doing. They don't clean themselves. You guys did what, 400? What's the count? So for our sales with the cleaning business, mm -hmm. we're about like at 750. Yeah, we're 700. close to 800,000. Yeah, so by the end of this year, beginning of next year, it'll be a million dollar business. Wow. They don't clean. Yeah. Thank you guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, 
what can you do? Those of you who are, look, she's turning around like, wait, let me get back to my notes because I know it was something. Right. That, what can you do? You're looking for a way to make money. You don't think you have a skill. You don't think you have a talent or maybe you know you have it. You haven't figured out how to monetize it. Is there something that you can do to get paid from other people's talent? Like there are people who love to clean. There are people who love to do the thing that you hate. Can you leverage your exposure or your likeness and say, hey, let me get a contractor to do this. I'm going to take a commission from it. Is that, a, is that a fair business model? Yeah. And for clarity, understanding tax planning, tax mm -hmm. planning and tax strategy. We are taught to go to a tax preparer's office and file our taxes. H&R Block. That's all we're taught to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Places like H&R Block. Like we're taught that as early as high school, like that we're actually doing it ourselves. Some people may be taught about it earlier, but we actually start to do it around mm -hmm. age high school. And it's just, hey, you made this money. You get your your little, uh, what are they called? Um, w -2. W-2s in the mail. And you go to H&R Block or you go to your uncle or your aunt who files taxes they're tax prepare and you let them prepare your taxes. Yep. Find the kids that, that you can claim. That is the least important thing. And the only strategy we know is to find kids that you can claim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the strategy. All right. Yo, it, the it, only some strategy. People, it was crazy. Some people got that joint dialed in though. Oh, absolutely. That's the only <laughs> strategy you know about, but it's detrimental because when you become a business owner, there are so many different uh, tax codes that you can leverage, wealth strategies that you can leverage to legally reduce your tax liability. Mm -hmm. And you should not be waiting on a CPA or anybody to tell you, you need to dig into that. Because what I've learned, to your point for this tip number four, is that not all CPAs and financial advisors are created equally. Mm -hmm. They are literally giving you the best advice based on their level of experience. Yeah. So guess what? If you are working with that same tax lady who used to do your your taxes when you were, you know, working at, at, in the restaurant mm -hmm. or at Six Flags and you've been with them all, all your life, mm -hmm. it's highly likely that that person, I found, had never worked with a seven-figure business owner before, mm -hmm. right? So the tax strategy that that person studied regularly, routinely is very different from the ones that apply to me now. Yeah. So you got to make sure that you're not only studying um, and understanding taxes, but putting people around you who understand taxes based on who you are as a business owner and, and your status as a business owner right now. 100%. Uh, when I left North Carolina A&T and I came and uh, started taking a class at Clark, I remember uh, there's a, I think it was a uh, what was Wells Fargo at first? It was Wachovia Bank. There was a Wachovia Bank and there was this homeless guy between on my way to the bank and I was going to deposit my check. And so this homeless guy is like, hey, you know, do you have any money? And I'm like, I don't have any money, but if you walk right there, I'm, you know, I'm right there. I'm about to turn in. I'm like, if you walk right there, you can meet me at the bank. I'll get some money for you. And so we go into the bank together, David, and we're standing in a line. He's standing in a line with me and your boy takes out money, money, right? He takes money out of his pocket, like a big wad of money. And I go to the window and I'm like, I'm going to be right there with the $20. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go over here. He goes to the window to make a deposit. <laughs> he goes to the window to make a deposit. And I'm like, yo. Sonia's face is killing me right now. <laughs> so I leave my window and I go to his window and I'm like, I'm so sorry. 
I assumed you were homeless <laughs> because you asked me for some money. And here I am in college, but I just got my check. I'm about to give you $20. That's a big deal for me at that time, right? And he's like, I am homeless, but I have a bank account. That was my first time ever hearing that homeless people had a bank account, right? So I'm completely blown away. Where's the statement go? Right, I don't know. Because <laughs> it wasn't like online banking at that time. I don't know. So I, I walk out of the bank with him and I'm clutching on to my money. And I go outside and I say, if you can have a bank account, surely you can have a job. He showed me his receipt that had his balance on it. He had over $70,000 in the bank. $70,000 for the bank. What? He said, ma'am, I do have a job. I have a good job. Like, and show me this. His job was to be homeless and ask for money. And I asked him, who would choose this? Who would choose this? And he said, I don't belong in neighborhoods with the fancy little stuff and fancy little people. And, you know, you got 70 grand in the bank and you like, right here off the expressway. Yeah, and I'm like, sir, I can't give you $20. Like, <laughs> you better off than me. But to, to your point, people will choose it. And there used to be a reality show that will go and find homeless people who have turned this into a hustle, who actually were, there were six-figure income. You know what I'm talking about? There were six-figure income earners of people who were homeless, and they would rather keep all their money and stay under bridges because at some point or another in their life, they truly were homeless and didn't have money, but they found comfort in that space. And they found an environment of people who they were doing better than. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.